Well, there's no question that we live in a fallen world, is there? Amen? The level of sin that the world has sunk to sometimes is unimaginable. How many conversations about this include the statement, I never would have dreamed it could have been like this. I never, I never could have imagined a day when something like that would have been accepted. But it goes beyond being accepted nowadays. So often it's celebrated, isn't it? Tax on the family, gender, sexuality, respect for parents, for the police, for, for anyone in authority is almost non-existent. History and the legacy of those who have helped build our society is being questioned, it's being torn down, it's, it's being rewritten. Defund the police. Liberal ideologies being pushed in the schools. If you dare speak up, well, you can face the wrath of the culture. Seems as if they're bent on completely upending everything. They don't want any of it. They want to burn it all down, they say. None of this should should surprise us, though. There is an enemy. There is an enemy that is determined to undermine everything that God has set up. Every institution, every bit of morality. Satan is called the God of this world. And he is determined to do all that he can to lead people away from God. He doesn't have to get them to follow him. He just needs to get them not to follow God. He will stop at nothing to destroy anything or anyone that glorifies God. That includes Christians, believers, those who follow Christ. There is a spiritual battle taking place, and each of us is involved. Each of us face constant attack. We need protection to help us stand as we face this relentless enemy. That's why, that's why we began studying the pieces of the whole armor of God. So let's start by reading our scripture passage this morning, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Open your Bibles. If you don't have one, there should be a pew Bible right in front of you. It's on page 1245 of the pew Bible. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18, God's word says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. 
In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. As we continue to study the whole armor of God, we need to to constantly remind ourselves of of why this is such an important topic, and and I've already alluded to it. Verses 10 through uh, 13 introduce the subject of spiritual warfare. We're told that the the people of God are are engaged in a great battle against a powerful, relentless enemy. Our enemy is called the devil, and he is said to employ schemes, schemes, the tricks, the methods the devil uses to undermine our faith, to attack the glory of God. There is no question that he is sneaky, that he is conniving. Sometimes he's pretty convincing too. In spite of this, we're told to stand against the attacks. The word stand is a a military term. It's a military term. It means to hold a critical position during a time of enemy attack. It's the image of a, of a soldier refusing to e- yield even, even one inch of ground to attacking foes. Not necessarily the image of, a, of a, someone on the offensive, but, but rather it's a picture of a soldier on the defense, protecting the ground that's already been won. God has given his people some very precious possessions. He's given us his truth His church, His word, His grace, His salvation, all manner of blessings. And the devil wants it all. He wants all of it. He will stop at nothing to take everything we've been given by the Lord. For to keep what we've received, we must stand. We must hold on to the critical ground we've received from the Lord. To do that, God says we must put on the whole armor of God. This passage tells us about the pieces which make up this armor. We've already discussed the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth refers to a life of total commitment to the Lord. refers to a life that is built upon faithfulness to the Word of God and to the God of the Word. It speaks of truth and testimony and truth in living that spelt of truth will provide the, the Christian soldier with support, stability. It also provides a place for the, for the other pieces of armor to rest. Without the belt of truth, the soldier of God will find the other pieces of armor useless. It's what holds everything together. The breastplate of righteousness refers to a, the power of a, of a holy life. One lived according to the teachings of God and His Word. God's Word informs our thoughts and our feelings, not the world. God's Word informs our thoughts and our feelings. It's a powerful defense, powerful defense against the attacks of the enemy. When we allow sin to dwell in our lives, we give Satan an opening, which he can use to attack us, to exploit us. Holiness closes the door, and it helps protect us from Satan's attacks. Today, as we continue to discuss spirit-filled warfare, 
we want to examine the shoes of peace. The shoes of peace. Let's look at what Paul means when he says that we are to stand with our feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace. So shoes. Shoes, what are they? Caligae. We take shoes for granted, but they're, they're an important part of our apparel. We have different, different shoes for, for nearly every kind of activity. All kinds of shoes. Probably looks like a few of your closets right now, I'm sure, maybe. Who's got a big collection of shoes? Nobody wants to admit it, right? We have dress shoes, we have casual shoes, we have work shoes, we have walking shoes, all kinds of shoes, right? I don't think much of my shoes, but I'm, I'm grateful for them. They protect my feet from the dangers of walking around barefoot. They keep my feet warm and dry and safe. Beyond that, some of us really don't give much thought to our shoes. But, but as every woman here could probably tell you, they can make or break your outfit, right? Right, ladies? You know if you're wearing the right shoes. You're wearing those shoes with that outfit? Mm-mm-mm. I don't think so. Back in there. Change them, mister. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm man enough to admit it. But they can play a critical role in our activities, too. Think about how important shoes are to to certain professions. Construction workers. Construction workers would be crazy to do their jobs without a really good pair of work boots. Probably steel-toed, right? A farmer farmer depends on some really good waterproof muck boots. Or how about sports? How about sports? Could you imagine a, a football player going on the field without a set of cleats? Or a baseball player? Could you see them doing that? No. What about a tennis player? Tennis player without their tennis shoes. Athletes understand how important the right shoes are for what they do. I mean, a tennis player is not going to wear a set of cleats. That'll do him no good. Football player, if he were to wear those, it's not going to have a very good time. As important as, as shoes are to an athlete, a construction worker, a businessman, a housewife, a, or even a toddler, they're even more important to a, a soldier. Soldier's life could depend on his shoes. Soldiers may have to march long distances, may have to fight in all kinds of conditions, walk through jungles, over rocks, cross rivers filled with sharp stones, slog through snow, cross burning deserts. A soldier's feet that become blistered, cut, or, or swollen cannot fight well. The soldier may not be able to stand and fight may not be able to march, may not be able to properly handle his weapons. He certainly couldn't advance on the enemy. Sore feet would undermine the the soldier's ability to stand firm. When your feet hurt, it's hard to concentrate, isn't it? I mean, I can speak from experience with this. 
I have some issues with my, my feet, and standing for a long time makes them hurt pretty bad. And then often when they start to hurt really bad, all I can think about is how bad my feet hurt. And then all you want to do is just get through whatever you're working on. Don't care if you even really get it done well, just push through and sit down. Many of you do that too. I'm sure many of you have experience with your feet. The Roman soldier, the image that Paul is using to illustrate the whole armor of God, wore leather boots that protected their feet and their ankles. These, these boots, they're, they're called caligae. Caligae. They were a half boot and they were wrapped around the ankles perfectly and they added, they added critical support to the ankle. They were comfortable the breathable structure allowed the soldiers to march several miles without pain or, or blistering. They often had very thick textured soles that often had spikes or, or bits of metal or nails driven through them. Those spiked soles would help, help them navigate better over rough terrain, unlike other footwear of the time, like sandals. The enemy couldn't seclude themselves in a rough patch of, of land when facing the Roman army. The soldiers would advance with minimal pain rendered to their feet. His shoes, his shoes allowed the soldier to advance toward the enemy, undistracted about what they might step on. This piece of the armor was essential to the Roman soldiers' preparation for battle. We're going to stand against the schemes of the devil. We must have on the proper spiritual footwear. We can be girded with the truth. We can have on the breastplate of righteousness. But if we don't have on the right shoes, we're destined to stumble, fall. So we must make sure that we first take off, take off our shoes and that we put on, make sure that we put on the right shoes. It would be ridiculous for, for us to go into battle in six-inch heels. Could you imagine going into battle in six-inch heels? Sure, you might look stylish, but they're not going to do you any good. They're not going to help you. Neither are a pair of laid-back flip-flops. Paul doesn't use historical information haphazardly. He understands the importance of these shoes in the life of a Christian. How much we need the shoes, just as much as we need the other elements of the armor, such as the sword or, or the shield. We must put on the purpose-built shoes that we were given. So, so what are these purpose-built shoes? What do, they, what do they represent? Why do we need them and, and how do they help us? What do they represent? Paul tells us to put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. What does that mean, the gospel of peace? Is this a different gospel like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or, or John? What is the gospel of peace? Well, the, the word gospel used here means a good message. A good message. Good news. Well, what's the good news? What's the good news? The glorious news that through our relationship with Jesus Christ, we are at peace with God. We are at peace with God. But it wasn't always that way. Romans 5, 6 through 8.
For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For while for one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Before we were saved, we were, we were helpless. We were ungodly, sinful enemies of God. When God saved us, he rescued us, he redeemed and, and reconciled us to himself. When he did, he declared us to be at peace with him. We're no longer his enemy. But before, for everyone have sinned. We all short, fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But God showed his love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 8, 38-39 For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things that come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Romans 5.1 Therefore, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God our Lord Jesus Christ. That is good news. Amen? That is good news. The gospel, the gospel of peace is the marvelous news that in, in Christ we are at peace with God. We are at peace with God. Think about who God is. All-powerful. All-powerful. Holy. And if he chose, he could squish you like a bug. Snap his fingers and you would no longer be here. He is holy. And if he wanted to, you would cease to exist. But because of what Jesus did, we're now at peace with him. We're now at peace with him. We don't have that hanging over our head anymore. It's a glorious truth that we have been made one with the Lord. Having our feet shod with the gospel of peace means that we stand with absolute confidence. Absolute confidence that God, God loves us, that he has forgiven us, that we are united with him and, and he fights for us confidence that we are saved from our, our sinful past and we have a glorious future to look forward to. We're no longer sworn enemies. Now, now we are as adopted children from sworn enemy to an adopted child. When we have that confidence, know that we are at peace with God, eternal peace, 
It should give us an internal peace inside. No matter what may happen in the world, all is well with our souls. When we possess the peace of God in our hearts, we are ready, ready to stand against any enemy that could come against us, which is why we need feet fitted with the gospel of peace. We need them so that we're ready, ready to stand. It says, having put on the readiness, the readiness given by the gospel of peace. The word readiness, readiness implies constant vigilance. A victorious soldier has to be prepared for battle. He has to have studied the enemy's strategy. He must have confidence in his own strategy. He must have his feet firmly planted so that he can hold his ground when the enemy comes. Soldier's shoes are made to help him keep his balance in combat. They're a critical part of, of being ready to fight. If he loses his footing and he goes down, it won't matter how great the rest of his armor is. If you fall down and your enemy is standing above you, it doesn't matter how good the rest of your armor is. The enemy has him. He's at his mercy. We are ready with the gospel of peace. We, we live with the understanding that we are continually under attack from Satan. A good pair of boots allows a soldier to be ready to march, to climb, to fight, or do whatever else is necessary. Christ demands the same readiness on his people. Titus 3, 1, Paul uses the term to exhort people to be ready for every good deed. Be ready for every good deed. 2 Timothy 4.2 says to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Be ready. Be ready. And this shows us how they can help us. How they help. The peace shoes that, that God supplies his, his soldiers have, have two purposes. They're defensive and they're offensive too. Defensive. To defend ourselves against the, the flaming arrows of the evil one, we must be prepared with the gospel of peace so that we can stand defensively against the devil by being firmly rooted in the truths of the gospel, the realities of the gospel, which we have personally experienced, are to keep us secure against attacks. Satan is the, the accuser of the brethren, according to Revelations 12.10. He is relentless on his attacks on us. He lives to make our lives miserable. He wants us to do what Job's wife encouraged him to do. Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to be so miserable that we just curse God and die. How do we stand against him? The answer is the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace like the shoes of the Roman soldier gave us, give us firm footing in life and the ability to stand in the spiritual war. We need peace when the bullets are flying and the, and the spiritual bombs are, are, are exploding all around us. When Satan attacks with a flaming missile of doubt. God really loved you. He wouldn't let this happen to you. 
When we dig in our peace shoes, the turf of God's word, and we reply, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28. When Satan stabs us from behind, remember what you did. Remember what you did. I remember what you did. We dig in even deeper. We reply, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. When he tempts us with, come on, come on, you know you want to do it. You know you like it. We can stand firm with, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Yeah, maybe I used to do that. Maybe I used to enjoy that sin. Not anymore. That was the old me. When he lays the landmine questioning your assurance, you did it again. You did it again. You blew it. God doesn't want you anymore. You think he wants you anymore? You just keep messing up. We're immovable knowing nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. As believers, we must live day by day in the gospel. We must let its truth pervade and control every thought and every emotion. God's great grace and love for us in Jesus must be our firm foundation throughout our entire lives. Sometimes we think that we can just move past the gospel into deeper things. Truth is, nothing is deeper than the gospel. Amen? Nothing should give us more comfort, more strength, and more peace than the gospel. In addition to standing our ground, shoes are also for moving. Although these shoes are primarily for defense, they also help us offensively. God expects us to go on the offensive, to take the gospel of peace to others, not to just keep it to ourselves. He wants us to share it. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Sharing our faith is one of the best ways to maintain our own sure footing. Sharing our faith is one of the best ways to maintain our own sure footing. God knows that when, when we're active in speaking of Him to others, we not only charge into the enemy's territory, but what we dig our shoes more deeply into truth, we have to in order to share truth. Because of that, it will be harder to trip up. But the enemy is not going to let us move forward unchallenged. The battlefield is going to be rocky. It will be uneven, unfair even. There will be debris to climb over or go around. In the days of the Roman soldier, the, the enemy would often scatter spikes or, or nails or sharp stones to slow the advancing army. 
Our enemy does the same thing. Satan scatters traps for us as we're trying to spread the gospel. The soldier that securely straps on his battle shoes will be able to march forward with confidence in the protection that they give. When we've done, as 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. We are to stand, we are ready to stand firm in the gospel of peace no matter what the enemy may bring against us. The redeemed child of God who stands in the Lord's power and the full assurance of the Lord's salvation does not have to fear any enemy, any enemy, even if that enemy is Satan himself. When we are attacked, we must stand on the firm, unchanging ground, the gospel of peace. The same gospel that converted us from sinners into saints. The same gospel that changed us from our, from our enemy, that changed God from our enemy to our protector. We who were once on the outside are now the sons of God. Everything we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might is at our disposal. We need to put them on. We need to put on the shoes of peace. These are purpose-built. These shoes are not dressy like those you like to wear when you go out. They're not flip-flops like the ones that you like to wear when you go to the beach or the tennis shoes you wear when you like to play. Take off those shoes. Take off those shoes. Why would you wear those? Why would you put on your gospel? Why would you trust in yourself? your ideas, your works, dress it up with your rules. Why would you be lazy and nonchalant about it? Just play around with Christianity. Instead, put on the gospel of peace. Because these are combat boots. These are combat boots. These are available to anyone who knows Christ as their Savior. These shoes are to help you stand firm in the battle against the sworn enemy of God. You need these shoes. You need these shoes. They will plant you. They will make you immovable against the attacks of the enemy. The gospel should give you peace. Peace because no matter how the enemy may assail you, you are secure. You are secure. Your future is assured. The peace of knowing the victory has already been won. In Him we are more than conquerors. Be prepared when the enemy attacks. Remember who you are. Remember who you are. You are a blood-bought child of the King. Remember what you are. You're at peace with the Creator of the universe. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're you're destined for eternal glory. Amen. When Satan strikes you, you can stand knowing 
The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. Christ Jesus. Put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. Put on your shoes. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we come before you grateful for your written word that you have given us. We are so grateful for the messages that you have there for us. Father, we're grateful that you gave this message to Paul to give to us so that we would know how to be able to stand firm against the attacks of the enemy that is all around us. Father, I pray that you would help us to do this. Help us to take off our shoes, to stop trusting in ourselves, to try to, to dress, dress it up, that we would stop being lazy or nonchalant about it. We would stop playing around the edges. We would strap on our boots. We would strap on the shoes that you have given us, that we would prepare for the battle, the battle that we are already engaged in. And many of us have already suffered damaging wounds. Father, I pray that you'd help us to stand firm in the evil day. We would look forward to the glorious future that we have, we would stand firm, that we would have peace because of the gospel that has saved us. We thank you for all of this in the great name of our mighty Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.